another edition of horrifying my friends this is another special edition of a brother's grim episode and tonight we're going to be taking a look at the friday the 13th series kind of like a uh, a love fest for the series would you say like we talked about doing a ranking but with the halloween with us doing the halloween ranking so so closely together like i don't know if that was a great call maybe we'll do that later on but yeah we kind of wanted to kind of come on here and talk about the series, like what it means to us. We got a bunch of topics that we're going to cover tonight, but yeah, Bub, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I was excited to do this and I agree with you on the ranking. I think that uh, we don't want to put people, listeners in geek overload for our love of both franchises equally. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so Bub, you want to start off? Uh, I know you had some stuff uh, sure. like, uh, picked out on Friday the 13th and like kind of the the background of it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, real quickly, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Horror Amino followers that, that listened in. I've been sharing a lot of the podcasts on Horror Amino. It's an app. It's a horror app for horror enthusiasts. People go on there and they blog, they do reviews. And so I've been a frequent uh, reviewer on there and I go under the moniker of Fatal Follower. And Fatal Follower is... Um, a short story that I wrote in elementary about a uh, basically a slasher. So um, that is my name on Horror Amino. So you can check me out there. Um, but uh, yes, so back to you about the Friday the 13th as a sort of a horror fan holiday, um, which has had evolved from um, what it was back uh, in you know earlier centuries. Uh, it's a very superstitious. Uh, day. Uh, there was a belief that it was considered a harbinger of bad luck. So Friday the 13th had inspired um, a 19th century secret society, uh, an early 20th century novel, you know, the horror franchise, which was, which is what we're here to talk about. Um, and a couple of uh, terms that I'm going to murder with pronunciations. Uh, <laughs> the first one is a, it's called Paris Gaidikatropophobia. And frigatriska catacaphobia, <laughs> and essentially, it's uh, it describes the fear of that day. It's, an, it's a psych term for a phobia for the unlucky day, um, and so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then, you know, I was looking, and I love horror history, and there's a lot of things. There was knights, the Knights of Templar, um, in 1307, uh, they had arrested a whole bunch of them. King Philip did. And it was a powerful religious and military order. And so that was uh, sort of a, uh, a beginning of the, the unlucky number. And then even in most recent times, um, there was the, the German bombing of Buckingham Palace. Um, you know, even Tupac Shakur is in there for dying on Friday the 13th. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are uh, synonymous with that day. And, you know, a lot of people obviously apply their own superstitions to that day. And 
I know, I know for us growing up as brothers in a household, our family's very superstitious. And uh, even, you know, to this day, I will not split the pole when I'm walking with somebody, you know, if oh, I spill yeah. salt, I immediately dump it over <laughs> my shoulder. Um, I don't walk under umbrella or I don't walk under ladders and I don't open umbrellas in a house. I don't know uh, about you. I, I, I know that, um, you know, you have probably some superstitious things that you go through as well. Yeah, we had talked about it on previous episodes, but the, uh, the like the black cat stuff still gets me to this. Like, I know you love black cats, but like we yes. were always <laughs> taught that, man. <clears throat> and I actually saw like we grew up Cowboys fans and shit, but a black cat ran across a Cowboys field last season. They were playing the Giants. And since then, this is like a uh, like a funny-ass Twitter thing. But since then, the Giants have went like 3-13, and 13, and the Cowboys have went like 4-12 and 12 or something. Wow. <laughs> I thought that, that was kind of funny. Yeah, like a black cat made its way out on the field. But, yeah, like um, I, I always thought it was kind of funny that like even buildings, like you go up on in big buildings and they don't have – like there's no uh in a lot of bu- i would say in most buildings i think it's unlucky like the the building yeah, the 13th floor don't, don't name don't number the 13th floor yeah which is pretty yeah. weird to if you think about it like, oh, it's kind yeah, of weird absolutely. that like builders act or uh you know the building uh whatever um tenants or whatever don't just name a floor the 13th floor like that's kind of a weird idea <laughs> It is. Yeah. And, and going back to that 1307 uh, time, you know, part of that was that uh, happened on the Holy Land. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, religious uh, subtext tied into superstition. And so I always thought that was an interesting um, part of religious studies is, you know, superstitions and sort of practices and, and, and ritualism and like all of these things that are sort of um, in the fringes of uh, religion. And so that's why I always kind of gravitated to uh, those kinds of uh, ideas and, um, and stories, because I think that uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a vast history of, um, you know, for- folklore, legend, myth, and, and, and su- in superstition as well. And so I always thought it was cool um, that, that, you know, we can uh, look at these kinds of uh, dates and we can look at, you know, these sorts of things. And uh, which is what brings us to why we're on today is uh, Jason Voorhees being Absolutely. very unlucky on Friday the 13th, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's what I was about to say. Like the, the mythology in the series is so rich. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's an awesome, just whole franchise and series. But uh, what was your, what's your early history with like, why has it always been Jason for you? Cause like we've detailed in the previous episode, um, like for me, it's always been Michael, but I remember, um, like, I, I still love Jason, obviously. Like, I'm a Jason freak as well. Yeah. But, uh, like, what what is your earliest memories with the series and stuff? Because I know you have quite a connection, you know, growing up and stuff with that series. Yeah, so this was hard for me because there's so many memories tied to this franchise. I mean, growing up in the 80s, I mean, I, you know, I was born in 80. That's when the first movie came out. So, you know, mom and dad were watching them. Everybody was into this whole new fad of horror. Um, as you know, that the, the decade of the 80s is, you know, the birth of the, the big slasher movement, the golden age of slashers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I immediately fell in love with, um, with, you know, Jason and Michael and Freddie, all of these as a kid. Honestly, I, I never really got into the Universal Monster movies. For me, 
these were my universal monsters. Like these were the monsters that I connected with because, you know, other generations connected with universal monsters because of their tragic backstory or, you know, lots of the themes of, uh, you know, racism and being an outcast in society. It really resonated with audiences. And as a kid, I didn't get those themes until much later, you know, and there's not, there's not honestly going to be a lot of, you know, themes or anything in these, um, you know, Friday the 13th movies that are, that are really that deep, but, um, for me, connecting with the monster, you know, being uh, a kid that was picked on in, in school and, you know, being a little heavy set kid and, you know, being very introverted, I, I kind of gravitated more towards watching these monster movies, you know, painting masks and, you know, drawing and writing uh, stories. And so I remember as a kid, you know, writing that fatal follower story, I wrote that in elementary. Um, and so it's essentially just this this slasher, this uh, trench coated, you know, uh, there's this guy that's following this woman and she, he has no face, kind of looks like uh, the question from like DC Comics, you know, very uh, almost Slender Man-like. And, you know, I turn, I turn this, you know, short story in as a project for writing and, you know, my professor, you know, the teacher gives it back to me and he's like, you know, kind of what's going on here? Like, is there something wrong with you? <laughs> because, you know, there's, there's a kid that's coming up with these very heavy themes, but I, I, I liked it. And, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a writer published by no means, but I always dug that sort of, um, those sorts of ideas and writing about those things. And, um, you know, I remember being in one of my first costumes as a kid, you know, trying to find, digging around the house, trying to find a pillowcase to wear so that I could be, you know, Sackhead Jason, which is my favorite look for Jason, favorite Jason. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that was always, you know, a, a thing for me growing up is, you know, having friends over uh, and we would stay up way past, you know, everybody would be in bed and we would just be watching these movies, you know, probably not supposed to be sometimes. And we were just really like, in a, in, amazed at like, you know, all the nudity we were seeing, you know, the drug use, oh, yeah. the violence, like, you know, we just wanted to see that as kids. Um, but I, I will share a short memory that really stuck out to me. And it's a recent memory. And it's uh, it's when you asked uh, our other brother, Robbie, and me to be in your wedding. And mm -hmm. for me, that was awesome because you were like, I need my two best men to be, you know, I want Jason, I want Michael by my side. Yeah. And that was really cool. And, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was working, you know, as, as a social worker, so I didn't have a lot of money. And so I was like, well, I got to find a mask and I got to figure out something. And so I raided dad's closet. I was like, let me look for something. And so, you know, I came up with the Friday the 13th part three, uh, Jason look with the gray pants, you know, the green button up. Um, and then I started making the mask and I just bought this plastic mask. I started texturizing it, painting it, uh, using crayons. I did all this stuff. I actually made the part six mask, but um, when you seen me that day and you were like, I, I knew that you got who I was and it made me feel so proud and uh -huh. not to be sappy, but I was like, this is awesome that, you know, Robbie and I can be there for you on your special day. And also we're, we're, we're dunning like slashers on your wedding. Like that was just so cool. And so I always think of that um, when I look at the mask, but I still have it hanging up on my wall. Yeah. Um, you and so Rob were looking really murderous, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll post yeah, that. I'll post that picture too. We got a picture of uh, like the lineup, and it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I I would say like um, like it makes sense though. Like because um, like thinking about the series a little bit for me, 
I was um, thinking about kind of like the differences and it, not to leave out a nightmare on Elm street, but I was thinking about the differences between Halloween and Jason. And it's like, I always felt like whether this is right or wrong, like I always felt like Jason was a little bit more universal monster to me. Like yeah. he's a boy who died because of people goofing off and being like, um, uh, not doing their job or, you know, whatever. And, um, he just, I know like, you know, he goes to Manhattan and shit, but for the most part in the series, <laughs> he just wants to be left alone. Like exactly. He just wants people to fucking leave him alone in his little lake and campground and shit. And he's like, all right, if you're going to come here and do debauchery and shit, I'm going to fucking kill you. But I felt like him and Michael are different in that way. Whereas Michael goes out of his way. Like I always felt like dad, um, as you were talking about growing up too, like dad dad always i think gravitated towards like jason and shit like that like dad oh, thought yeah. michael was kind of a pussy i think <laughs> yeah well, well like, you know Michael's Jason's... like more romantic and shit like he's like exactly and stuff yeah i mean and, and you know dad likes that whole out in the woods like yeah i mean he's this guy jason's a hunter you know and he's i think dad gravitates towards that kind of idea of a monster well, dad probably has murdered people out in the woods <laughs> he's probably he probably survived you know a camp massacre and he's just not telling us <laughs> well i remember uh that story that we used to tease the shit out of dad for the for and uh, i'll get him to open up on some of these stuff we need to have him on a brother's gram but he used to tell us uh remember when he used to tell us how he, how they used to stay out in the woods and eat possums <laughs> yeah. and i'm like you didn't fucking do that dude. <laughs> you know, you've been yeah. watching too many backwoods slasher movies dad <laughs> yeah you were you were on the railroad tracks doing acid or something and thinking that yeah. you were fucking in the woods but yeah that's kind of like uh how i felt about it like um it makes sense like jason i feel like is a little bit more tragic whereas michael they're just like that silent evil thing Exactly. When yeah. one of your one of your friends on hor horrifying my friends and I was I think we hijacked one of the posts and he was talking to me about why Jason lives is, is a standout for him. And he was like, well, it's if you look, if you watch the movie, it is pretty much in line with a universal monster movie, you know, mm -hmm. with the idea that they're resurrecting this, you know, zombie like Jason. And uh, then, you know, the the Tommy Jarvis is is the is was the hero from part four. Now he's the villain of the town, and the town's against him. And you know, it, there's a lot of Frankenstein, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of the mummy there and uh, Wolfman. So oh, I didn't yeah. notice that until he said that, and I was like, I, I get what you're seeing because that's a lot of the themes that you would see in those movies. And you know, when you say that, it's like, yeah, that, that's totally a Universal monster uh, hammer classic movie. Yeah, and it. It, like a yeah they just play up like the monster element with jason more and jason is kind of like a more of a monster uh because like we watched uh and not to talk about halloween you know all night or whatever but we watched halloween h2o with brooks the other night and uh brooks had been like i've been introducing him to the friday the 13th series and stuff and he's dug like all of it. he really dug part two but uh yeah. one of the things that he thought was ridiculous with h2o was like michael surviving like he got shot like six times in the first one and then he right. stabbed him. He fell off the ledge. Then he got pinned between the car and he's like, yeah. isn't he supposed to be a regular guy and shit? And I was like, no, not really. I mean, it's kind of weird to like, like it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, he is a regular guy, but yeah. not really. <laughs> Whereas yeah, like, he's like part of the thorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, Jason is, is like outright undead being in part six. Yeah. Like there's a point where he dies and then, well, he drowns and then he, 
like you know it's convoluted as well but he is like literally zombie in like part right so you're like all right this is a monster slasher for sure yeah yeah and that's what i I was watching uh the one of the bonus the second bonus disc on this on this box set and the director of jason lives said that when he brought jason back when he resurrected him he didn't want people to think of him necessarily as a zombie but he wanted him what wanted people to think of jason as an animated corpse meaning that he never dies like there's no if you shoot him in the head or you do this he's not a zombie where he's going to croak over like he's just a dead body that is a a shark that he's just coming for you and Mm -hmm. that's a cool idea because you don't have to think about it you don't have to like wonder what is michael you know what is chucky what you know it's it's just jason as a monster and that's it Mm mm-hmm so you brought up like the box set so it's like that's one of the reasons why we're doing this uh at this times because this big box set just came out and then it's one of the like well it is the first time that all the movies have been together like in one set which is crazy to think about but it is like because um before they had always split up well i think the 10 they were all together right yeah yeah i think uh i think for a while they up until that point they did have them all yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the 10, they were all together. But I think before that, the, the sets were like split up between uh, Paramount and New Line, I For, believe. Yep. Like they couldn't include, you know, Sir, uh, Jason Goes to Hell and stuff like that. They were always separate. But um, I I think we should probably talk about a, a couple of these special features. Like not list all of them, but, and I haven't been able to dive through these, but what are some of these that uh, stuck out? I know you you talked about that interview with the part six. Yeah. Character. Yeah, so I uh, I actually wa- I watched um, I watched three uh, the part three three D earlier the movie and then I watched the extras on that. So for me up to this point, I've watched uh, the first uh, three movies. Uh, there's four discs because the two, the first one is broken up. There's a theatrical and the uncut. So I started watching all of those and all the extras. The extras are pretty great on those so far. Um, I. I I like that they included uh, the shorts of, of the Lost Tales from Camp Blood on the first, actually it's on the first four movies of the discs. So those are like kind of uh, these short segments that they broke up and put one on each of the of the discs. So I did watch those and those were pretty awesome. Um, they did a, a, a pandemic interview with uh, Amy Steele, which is Jenny from, you know, the mm-hmm. final girl from part two. Um, that was a cool uh, uh, interview to listen to, and I watched. I listened to, or I watched most of the bonus disc two uh, Scream Factory exclusive, and I, I watched a lot of the Alice Cooper stuff, and that was really awesome. I mean, just you know, watching the video, of course, in, in HD is awesome, and then seeing Alice Cooper talk about um, why he was involved with you know Jason Lives and him and the director. Uh, the director actually was in a band called the sloths mm-hmm. and he he opened for alice cooper and so that's kind of how they had already met and uh and the director of that is kind of weird like he's walking around a mausoleum because he directed one dark night as well and he's walking around a mausoleum doing an interview and he's saying that he he's like showing you where he bought his plot and so it's it's kind of like a, a kooky interview but it's tom mclaughlin right with the name of the director yep. yeah yep yeah, and yep. uh, that that was cool. So, and I dug what Alice Cooper said because I agree with Alice Cooper, and not that um, I didn't know this before, but he said that the music that he made in the '80s was 
how he in his head how he felt should be soundtracks to slasher movies and i'm like yeah that completely makes sense listening to all of his 80s music like it goes so well hand in hand with slasher movies and he's like yeah i mean they were my favorite movies and they still kind of are and he talked about that but um yeah i mean the first four are 4k scans the first four entries that screen factory put in this box set and i didn't see four yet but the first three look phenomenal um they are crisp and clear i I know we were talking about some of the things that we noticed that we hadn't seen um what have you what have you watched of them so far i've only watched the first two so far uh and i will say they looked fucking incredible uh, yeah. And with the issues coming up, like uh, that shit, kind of, that kind of shit happens. Screen Factory is always good, though, like to send out like because um, I know that happened with the Halloween set as well. I think it was like on part four. But yeah. Screen Factory is always good to um, send out discs. But yeah, the 4K scans on the the first two were fucking awesome. Um, I've, I take that back. I've watched the first three. I didn't notice the issue. What was the issue supposed to be with part three? Was it the titles or... Uh, well, the if you have a 3D TV and you're watching the 3D version, something is off uh, on the titles and, and some of the stuff in the beginning of the movie. Mm. Uh, I, I don't have a 3D TV, so I, I didn't yeah. I don't watch it like that. I probably would never watch it like that because I wear glasses. So yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get into that. But I think if you watch the 2D version of that, you're going to get the 3D effect essentially, you know, as best as it could be. But um, they, I mean, and having them include all of that plus all of the extras that were on all of the dvd and blu-rays before that were released i mean that's pretty substantial and that's pretty good for them to to deliver this during a pandemic because there's a lot of interviews there that they couldn't do in person and so they you know they're doing what they can do to get those interviews done um there's one extra where they go to like all of the sites in three four five and six and take pictures of like some of the scenes and do like before and after and it, it's more way more extensive than i was expecting them to do but have you I, bought all the uh like the dvds uh isn't it funny that like we're at this point where like we get a set like this and thinking back like <laughs> i don't even know if i still have like one of those old dvds but you remember like the ones that were split up like those first couple that came out yeah this was like early 2000s but like it was like uh part one and two or uh, we're on yep. one disc and like part three was on another disc or something but yeah like oh um, i've go ahead. <laughs> i've bought these movies so many fucking times oh, yeah. it's just ridiculous <laughs> oh yeah it, well and i thought about selling my 10 set because i heard it was going for pretty high but then i was like eh, i'll probably just hang on to it like i don't know the 10 like, is nice yeah the 10's cool <laughs> yeah i'll probably put the 10 up top somewhere like on a shelf or something um, yeah but yeah, one of the things that pissed me off about that 10 set was like, I'm so glad that they stopped doing this because they did this with that 10 set and the Universal Monsters set that they came out with, with the cardboard sleeves. Oh, dude, I hate that shit. I do too. That's why I've held out on buying that one. I'm waiting for something else because every time I get those, they, I, I got this like deluxe edition of Avatar and it's like, it looks like somebody took it and scrubbed their fucking pots and pans with it. Like it's just like so scratched from the cardboard they used. Yeah. I'm like, no. Nah, and Blu-rays are better, but like <laughs> Blu-rays are harder to scratch and shit. But with a yeah. DVD, you can forget it. Like that one, I oh, can't yeah. remember if it was a. Uh, it might have been that set with the mask that came with the mask. It was like a limited edition, but I remember yeah. a bunch of people complaining about that one because the discs were all fucked up. 
like with that was the, a pretty badass uh set like the release with the mask was cool and mm -hmm. i i never got those two but i did get i mean i had the vhs's like some of them i had the dvds and then i think mom and dad bought me the uh from crystal lake to manhattan dvd set which was which i kind of wish i would have kept because that one was really sweet like the discs were cool and the the packaging was good and that's what i really like about this packaging because before this i had uh, all the Blu-rays, I had them all on Blu-ray. I even bought a, um, I think it was a Spanish version of uh, Jason X and uh, Jason goes or Jason goes to hell and Jason X. And so I had them all on Blu-ray, but yeah, I, I was like, no, I, I have to get this with the extras and just with the packaging alone. And I, I got the lithograph and the poster and everything. And I was like, no, I have to like, if I'm going to do it, I might as well just buy Christmas and birthday early. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I had this pre-ordered, yeah, I had to, I just had to, this is like a must buy. Like I talked oh, yeah. about it in my unboxing, but yeah, this is like the must buy of the year for horror fans. Like if you're a fan at all of this series, like you've got to get these movies on the, at this format. Uh, so bub, we're not going to do a complete ranking because that yeah. would take a long time. Like it, it end up, but uh, <laughs> I, I, you suggested that we go through and give like our top three and kind of, uh, and kind of like talk about them a little bit. So did you want to kind of do that how we did the Halloween ranking or did you want to just list uh, our top three? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, just to mix things up, we can kind of, uh, I can tell you mine and kind of what I have and, or you can go first and you can tell me what you got. Yeah, you um, go ahead, Bo. All right. So um, for my favorite entries, uh, my part two is, absolutely my favorite of all of the Friday the 13th movies. Um, I always go back to number two, you know, it's the one, it's just like Halloween two for me. Like it's the one I first saw fell in love with Jason. I was like, yes, this is, this is what I like in a horror movie. Um, Jason was, I think the creepiest out of all of the Friday the 13th movies um, because of the sack around his head. Cause you don't know what you're going to see until the end. And so yeah, I would I would say at, at some points it's actually my favorite slasher from the '80s, um, and I think there is a movie that's very similar or that's really similar to this, uh, which is Humongous, and it basically ripped off of a lot of the ideas in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two just because of the final girl dressing up as a dead mom at the end and all that shit. And so you know I I, I love Humongous too because it's kind of got that Friday the Thirteenth Two vibe, but Part Two is my favorite. Um, and Steve Miner, who's a director, he went on to do the third entry as well. Uh, it's third entry is not my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorites. But for me, the top three, part two, and then it's a close call with five and six for me. Uh, I really like part five, even though, you know, it's a, it's a switch and bait and Jason's only kind of haunting in the background, the dreams. And he's pulling like a Freddy Krueger sort of thing where he's just kind of haunting Tommy and throughout the movie and you know really it's the paramedic so i thought that was a cool clever concept and kind of ahead of its time really when you think about like teen slashers like so part five uh, i love um i love jenny in part two as a final girl but i really love pam uh, in part five i think she's awesome and I, I just think she's you know one of the funnier uh, final girls so uh, i really dig part five part six for me um you know i love uh the resurrected scene i love tommy jarvis i love all of the camp scenes with the kids i think it's the most 
uh, if it makes sense, the most camp slasher uh, centric where it's, it's really focused on the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really dig that. Um, but honestly, for me, one to eight is it's, it's so hard because they're all, you know, it's, it's very fluid when I watch these movies, because sometimes like I just watch three and I'm like, damn, that movie's so good. Like, why isn't it higher than I have instead of uh, seven or eight? Because seven or eight are strong for me too. And then I love four. Um, but yeah, definitely got to go with top top three, two, five, and six. Uh, what about you? Well, in the look, like uh, what's what's cool about this series, like you mentioned, the top eight is like the uh, there's parts of each one of them that are like the best of the series. I feel like like part seven's look, I think of Jason is like so fucking cool. Like, and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, but for me, the ranking would probably, I'd probably start, and I didn't even notice that I did this, but uh, my favorite characters, obviously, Tommy Jarvis. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I'll get to him in a minute, but Mark from part two. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about <laughs> favorite kills like la- a little bit later on, but I, I really thought like Mark deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Ethel and Junior from Part Five and Violet from Part Five. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I fucking love. One. So my number three would be Jason Lives. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, directed by uh, Tom McLaughlin. Uh, like we talked about earlier, monster movie, Universal monster movie. Um, the third film in the Tommy Jarvis series, I believe, right? Because he he debuted in Part Four. Um, uh, yeah, so he was four, he was in five, yep, and in six. Yeah, yeah, so my number three, Jason Lives. My number two is part five. We've always loved uh, part five. And I just love, like, the sleaziness to this, like, directed uh, <laughs> by Danny Steinman. And he yeah. also directed, like, Savage Streets. And, like, like he was kind of like a cult director. But a lot of people, like, um, I think a lot of people are starting to, like, love this movie. It's kind of like Halloween 3, where, like, it's not yeah. as hated as... But you remember, like, in the early 2000s, like, people used to shit on this movie a lot, like, in the forums. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, even in, even as we, when we were kids, I mean, they'd be like, that's not even the movie Jason's in. That's stupid, you know? Yeah. It's- yeah, but it, it's like a, dude, this movie's an awesome fucking slasher. And um, we've already talked about, like, um, Alice Cooper's song, Man Behind the Mask. But oh, yeah. the other song in the series that I absolutely love is uh, Pseudo Echoes. Um, man with no life in his eyes i think is or his eyes his but eyes, yeah that's yeah. a jam in this song man um, oh yeah and violet of course putting on the oh, moves yeah. yeah violet um what's the what's that one character's name that's singing in the porter potty oh uh i i i want to say reggie but reggie's the final boy with pam in um part five um but it's funny that you say that about him because he I met him um, at a horror hound in Indianapolis and I thought it was pretty cool because I went up to him and uh, Gabe was with me, my husband, and I started singing to him, um, you know, the Hey Baby, Oh Baby song, Um, (laughs) but they call him Demon, well, is Miguel, but Demon in the movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's the one that had the spicy burrito, I think it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the enchiladas. Yeah. Uh, But dude's really nice in person but yeah he's funny i mean that that cast is is really one of the top one of my favorite uh characters i think is part five Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i love like the setting too like the 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 little like halfway house or uh i can't remember the name of it 
that yeah, they go, yeah. yeah, they go to that ha- little halfway house and they're all kind of, it's just like a bunch of kind of uh, troubled kids and they're just like out in the middle of nowhere and like what you think is Jason just starts picking people off. But it's like a, it's an awesome fucking slasher movie, man. And then my number yeah. one would be, and uh, um, this, like if I went favorite, part five probably would be my favorite, but I think part four, I think is the best one. Like uh, directed by Frank Zito. I actually think oh, this yeah. is like probably like if we were to go like best slashers, like I think this would probably be my vote. Like, and I know That's that so may good. be controversial, but like best of all time, like this has everything, dude. Like part four has everything. Like great. Well, it kills. has the best gore. Certainly, oh, great kills. Jason looks awesome. Like the dog jumps out the fucking window. You Gordon. <laughs> remember that scene when the dog jumps out the window (laughs) he's the smartest character in any slasher movie ever he straight up went upstairs looked at these dead bodies and bounced he was like fuck this and 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 he was never seen from again like he just he cut out yeah he survived (laughs) (laughs) he fucking ran but i I really love tommy jarvis in that like the the kid obsessed with like um and it, it kind of plays up to like, and we're going to say this multiple times, but like the monster element of this, because the little kid loves, it's kind of like a, kind of what you were talking about. Like you were, you grew up kind of like in love with this series as like, almost like I imagine you as like a young Tommy Jarvis in this movie, like making monster masks and shit. I always loved yeah. how he used that though, to like outsmart Jason. <laughs> oh yeah he was he was so clever and like his thinking and he was that's why i think for me like he's like one of my favorite uh, well, i mean he is my favorite of the series for sure because like you said i mean he's he's in three of the movies and i don't know if you've seen but he's also the the character is in um never hike alone the fan movie which is like one of the most successful fan films ever see i need to um, watch that fucking movie i haven't i still haven't seen that I, I ended up buying the Blu-ray. Like I, as soon as I watched it, I mean, it's on YouTube, I think still, but as soon as I watched it, I was like, this is like a legit creepy Friday the 13th movie. It's, you know, feature length and it's, it's really good. Um, and, and of course, you know, Tommy Jarvis is in it. The guy that played him in, in part six, uh, Tom Matthews, he's in that one. And he's also in the new sequel to that never hike in the snow, which is, they put the first part up on YouTube and it's really solid. I would say you would definitely like it because the gore in that movie is like probably the best gore I've seen in the past, like 10 or 15 years in a slasher movie. Yeah. It's yeah. I, yeah. I, I might watch that tonight, dude. Yeah. It's been, you should do it. I'm telling you, it's like the it's you're probably end up buying it as soon as you watch it. It's that good. It's, it's, it's the sequel that we probably never got for, you know, the, the, part six but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean tommy jarvis is is the man and and you know like you said Corey feldman playing you know Corey feldman was a rather unknown actor at the time and you know he's playing this like really nerdy kid who's in the masks and he 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 has some really creepy masks in the movie too like that alien mask that Mm -hmm. he has on in one scene Mm -hmm. is just like so you know disturbing that it's so cool that he likes that yeah part like Part four has also great care. Like we mentioned Tommy Jarvis as um, Corey Feldman, but Crispin Glover's in that movie. Like he's, he does that fucking dance. And I've always oh, yeah. loved those twins and his friend, uh, Crispin Glover's friend. What does he call him throughout the whole movie? A dead fuck or something. I think <laughs> yeah. that's one of the drinking games for that movie. Um, yeah. 
a quick story. So we went, I mentioned that I was showing Brooks these movies and he like really loves them. But one of the things we were doing was we were playing the drinking games for, uh, we watched part two and part three into the drinking games. Oh, wow. Those are so fucking fun, dude. They have like a database online. And I think, um, yeah, part, was it part two that Muffin is in? I think it's part two that the dog, (laughs) right? Muffin. (laughs) But they show Muffin. (laughs) Like you drink every time Muffin is on screen. And Muffin is on screen like 80% of the fucking movie. (laughs) And you never notice it. Um, We mentioned earlier like our favorite Jasons and stuff. But I kind of wanted to do a shout out like, Richard uh, Brooker, who played him in part four, I always thought, like, yeah. he did the nails and stuff like that. And uh, he looked really good in that movie. Uh, Steve Dash, who played him in, he played the hooded one in part two, which multiple people played him in part two. And there was actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken on this, I think it's like Warranting with uh, Gillette, I think is his name. Yeah, but he played the, big, uh, like the unmasked the, one. Yeah. Yeah. So the unmasked guy, uh, the Gillette guy, like was claiming that he was Jason for like the longest time in the movie. And I think Steve, Steve Dash, like walked up to him and like uh, threatened a fight at one of the conventions or something like this was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But Steve Dash plays him and he plays him like creepily in that movie, man. Like part two is awesome. Part two and part two almost made my top three for sure. And then of course, Kane Hodder. Um, you You can't not bring up Kane Hodder when you're talking about Jason. Like he brought a whole, physicality to the role Um, oh yeah i mean part seven like you said that's the most iconic looking jason that you know fans really like that i like i think that's one of my i I mean other than the sackhead that's probably one of my favorites looks of his because it's so decomposed looking and like he has the chain and it's just it's crazy uh when they blow apart the mask at the end and you see like all those practical effects on his face and prosthetics they did a good job on him on that one yeah for sure um he he brought like a whole physicality to the role like his breathing and stuff like the way he moves his chest as jason i always like uh i felt like he never got like the movie that he deserved like i would have loved to seen him in like part four through six would have been fucking awesome but yeah he's like he is amazing as jason um but yeah i so what would you say is your overall favorite like oh you mentioned part two was your overall favorite look so for me, it'd be probably part seven. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think part two, part seven. I, I mean, I think if I was going to um, pick one of the ones that are underrated, obviously I got to go with uh, Ari Lehman as Kid Jason because he's mm-hmm. only there for like a split second in the first movie. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I always thought it'd be cool if they kind of had a movie with a Kid Jason deform like that. And I, I thought that would be sort of a, like an unconventional sort of thing to do. And even it would be different now if they did it, but in the eighties, it would have been cool to see that as a, as the killer, kind of like a, a phenomena kind of little mutant kid killer. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it wouldn't be a Friday the 13th, like kind of retrospective podcast without talking about the favorite kills. So do you oh, want yeah. to give some of your favorite kills? Uh, yeah. So I think for me, uh, I got to go with part two for the cleaver to the face kill. That's like one of the ones that really like stood out and was jarring. You know, that character, like you said, is pretty fun. Uh, he's funny. He's trying to score. He's in a wheelchair. He's like, you know, cracking jokes and you're like starting to really feel for him. And then all of a sudden he just gets a cleaver to the face and just like <laughs> completely like flies down these stairs. <laughs> it's and so fucking brutal. It is, it is so bad. It, it's And then seeing it now in like this, you know, 
4k like resoluted scan it's like holy shit like the gore was like crazy um you know just for that little scene um i thought the the part three 3d kills were pretty you know fun for what they were um but uh, part four i think has the best kills in the entire franchise i mean that coroner kill in the beginning was so like grisly and like it just stepped it up uh for gore in the jason movies um part six i like when it shows that cop like getting his back bent that was just like always (laughs) like so uncomfortable to watch um (laughs) one of the favorite ones though because part seven has like one of the baddest ass looking jasons is when that annoying ass bitch melissa she gets the axe to the head and then she just gets like thrown on top of the tv and you like see her head like bobbing around and i just thought that was like one of the most like crazy kills and it's just so like thinking about how Kane Hodder is like, as a like physical actor, like he probably really threw her like hard. Oh, too yeah. because It looks like she really hit the corner or somebody hit the corner hard. Um, oh. And uh, I would say maybe one of the newer ones, probably uh, Jason X when he dips that chick's face in the liquid nitrogen and like smashes it on the table. That's what did um, good. Yeah. That was a cool one. And then uh, maybe the remake, because the remake doesn't have a lot of good kills, but I thought that that screwdriver, when he stabs that dude with the screwdriver in the neck, I thought that looked pretty realistic. And so that one I thought really stood out to me. Um, But I mean, there's just so many kills. Like there's like 13 or 14, sometimes 17 in one movie. So you touched on a few of mine. Uh, I I will say one of my absolute favorites uh, was the Jason Lives. Um, I just put face RV where he like, uh, grabs <laughs> oh, yeah. was it a chick or a guy i can't it was a chick yeah. wasn't it? and he grabs her face and like shoves yeah. it into the metal and it, you kind of see her face impression on the outside of the metal that shit is like so brutal and then yeah. uh, you mentioned part seven the sleeping bag kill was oh yeah that one uh i had jason x the nitrogen face was epic and then uh Jason, I, I I believe it's Jason Lives where he yanks that girl out of the window and then twists her head around. That was another like brutal fucking killing. But yeah, man, there's so many. Like the one that I liked in the remake, I always dug the uh, machete through the boards. Like uh, when she's oh. under the pier. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that one was pretty cool. solid. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's so many fucking kills in this series. Um, you got to mention the harpoon, like part three, the harpoon. Uh, oh, I think it's no, the I... first kill in the mask, right? The yeah, yeah, that's when he gets Shelly's mask, and I, I oddly like Shelly. It's like if it wouldn't have been for him, he probably wouldn't have gotten the getup. He wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. the mask, and he's such a like weird little like horror like geek in the movie. But yeah, that that was a good kill. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's so many fucking kills in this in this franchise. Um, what would you say that, so we did one through eight, what would you say is probably your favorite post, you know, like going into like the New Line stuff and, you know, obviously the one Platinum Dunes, what would you think is like your favorite out of those few? Of, uh, Jason goes to hell again, but it probably wouldn't be that anyway. No. <laughs> glad you said Glad you said that. <laughs> movie in like probably 15 years though. Like I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I remember it not liking it though. Um, I don't know, man. Like it, probably Jason, probably Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Probably be my, 
Like I, I still remember seeing that in theaters and it being like really packed. And that's one of the worst parts I think of like the decision. I don't know what the decision was, but not to have Kane Hodder as Jason in that one yeah. sucked. Like yeah. Jason was still like, it was still cool, but you ha- like to see Kane Hodder and Robert England square off would be cool. Like that, oh yeah. It would be yeah. like a love letter to the, to the fans. Well, we saw that in theaters, but I think it was like a bunch of us. It was Sharon, you know, our mm-hmm. stepmom and sisters and brothers. And we were pretty rowdy in that movie too. It was yeah. fun to watch in the theater. Yeah, it was packed. Um, it's just like, it's bizarre. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this later. Um, actually, I'll say, I'll save it. Um, did you want to get into, I, I, got an, I got a next part, but I'm going to bring it up a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, did you want to get into comics and novels like the? Uh... Yeah, well, one thing I did want to mention, though, is with the music, because uh, oh, I, for I sure. forgot. Um, I'm thinking of it and like, you know, that Freddy versus Jason soundtrack was pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you listened to it, but it had like Mushroom Head, Seven Dust, uh, Power Man 5000. It had a lot of like, uh, you know, good rock music for then uh, on it. And it had that uh i thought that i mean that one's my favorite post you know eight two is freddie versus jason and i think that soundtrack is pretty good but i don't know um i think my favorite song out of the whole uh movie you know all of them is metropolis the darkest side of the night mm-hmm. uh, if you listen to the extended version where it has you know the the dj and then it starts the music they actually wrote that song for the movie and you know it I think it's one of the like I don't know why it's one of those songs that I listen to like at least once a week or so. It's just a really vibey song, but I don't know if you've listened to it that much. But I it's a, it's a cool. I may need to check cool that out. One. Yeah, it's from Part Eight, and it's it's where he goes, or it's showing Manhattan at the beginning, and it has it kind of playing in the background. Um, but yeah, you should check that out. It's one of the the deeper cuts of of the of the Jason movies, but. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to go to um, like some of the comics and stuff, um, yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm thinking um, out of what I uh, really resonated with me, aside from, you know, some of the books and some of the offshoots of Friday the 13th was uh, the graphic novel, which was a collection of the Wildstorm series. Uh-huh. And uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray wrote it. Uh, and another guy wrote it, but those were the two mainstream writers, uh, big writers for DC Comics. Uh, they wrote for Wildstorm too, and that was a pretty good series. There was a lot of, uh, and I know that we talked about it too, the Pamela story. Uh, oh yeah, that's Pamela's Tale, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I always thought that was really dope. Like it shows like the her origin story and stuff, like kind of that, kind of as like a, a battered the light mom ball. and stuff and like, yeah. yeah. I always thought that was really, really strong. There was another story in there too, where uh, it's set in the snow and like, um, I want to say it involves like a hunter or something. Uh, I haven't read that. This was all in like volume volume one. It was like a uh, standard kind of like a, kind of like the remake. And then um, volume two was like a collection of short stories and stuff. Yeah. And that's where Pamela's tale and uh, the one set in the snow, it might've been like an Indian hunter or something. Yeah, that was it. It was kind of like the, it sort of had like a, a, like they were trying to set up like this mythos with like an Indian like curse on the land and like all this like uh, interesting things. I don't know if they mentioned like a 
like a supernatural spirit, but that was a good one. That was a good story. And that's why I think that you would really like not to like harp on the fan films, but I think you would really like both, uh, especially like it looks to be like this web series is going to be uh, very comic booky and it's storytelling, but um, it's, it's got that idea of not just having teens, but having other people encounter Jason, like having a hunter, having someone just randomly out for a hike, you know, encountering him. That's what I always thought was creepy about Jason is not just the group that he would kill, but the outside figures that would just be, you know, doing their job or doing whatever. And they would, they would just be like, you know, like those three hunters that are playing paintball in that one scene. And they're oh, just, yeah. he just like chops them all off <laughs> at once. That was just always like, crazy <laughs> oh yeah that, that was a great kill uh i will say so we haven't mentioned the theme yet but we got to note like the Her harry manfredini theme for this movie oh yes for the yes. i mean that's like that's i feel bad that we haven't mentioned that yet but that and like all that stuff just iconic yes. like it, it, as iconic you know as like the halloween exorcist all that stuff like it's it's right up there with you know, all that stuff and Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff, but it just really puts you in that like feel. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And sure. if there's an extra on that and I, I watched that one, I think it's on the bonus disc, uh, the second one, or maybe the third movie, but they talk, he talks about why um, he did that. And he said that in some of the scenes, like in the first movie, there's a scene where there's an arrow shot from one of the kids and it almost hits the, one of the campers, the girls, and she like gets pissed off. And there's no music. And so they said they used that as a, as a jump scare that you weren't expecting. But every time that he wanted the audience to know when the evil was there and using that, you know, the kiki ki mama kind of sound that um, that he made for Jason, that became his his whole thing, like he, his whole um, entrance into the story is every time you know he's there, evil's going to hit. Mm -hmm. that's his cue and I always thought that was a cool idea for Harry Manfredini to kind of make it like that because I never thought of it like that in the movie but listening to like these creators talk about why they did certain things in the movies it kind of makes it a little bit it levels it levels it up a little bit and you're like oh I can kind of appreciate that now whereas before you're just like oh, it's just there and you know in the background mm -hmm. so to finish up on comics um, there was the Avatar Press stuff that like early 2000s uh i still love avatar press but you know yeah. it's like it, avatar press is kind of like your sleazier like comic <laughs> company i still buy a lot of shit from them though like crossed and all that other stuff it's all brutal <laughs> but uh, you and that's where kind of like uh the new line kind of stuff comes in because it was all oh, set yeah. during like that period like i remember the avatar press uh jace it starts out with jason like chained up and stuff those were like cool series though they had like a freddy series as well that i dug um and then the novels like uh the black flame ones like the did you ever get any of those i know those go for like hundreds so, of fucking dollars now you know i have to look because i have some i i mean i have some of the ones from uh jimmy palmiotti and justin gray and i do have some random uh, avatar and i might have some of the ones you're talking about i i went on a comic book dive when some of the comic book stores were closing in indiana and i just kind of raided all of their horror section i mean i got like you know hellraiser and uh i got a lot of their friday the 13th ones that or um excuse me the nightmare on elm street ones that came out um around that time like the new line ones that they had out Mm -hmm. and some jason ones and yeah the, the freddy ones are pretty cool too um but yeah 
did you ever get any of those black the black flame novels like i think it was one of them was uh hate kill repeat and then no was... i want those though yeah, yeah I, no. every now and then i check on ebay for those like uh, as listeners know i paid like 120 dollars for the halloween novelization so i'm not above you know forking out now i heard that they weren't great so that's the only reason why like and i regret this like because there's like there's one of them i think the best one that they say is like carnival maniacs i think is like the third book in the series yep but i remember that was like 30 bucks one time and i didn't buy it and i was like what the fuck (laughs) what have you done (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they're they're probably not that good especially the jason x one (laughs) oh dude i see i wanted i want those too like there was a whole line of like novels like set in that time period and stuff um but yeah, like those go crazy expensive now. Oh yeah. Well, uh, even the ones that you got, those ones that oh, I yeah. foolishly gave away as a as a teen, I mean, you got that. Those are like those are way expensive online. Yeah. So I got these. Um, I bought the when I was living at Dad's. I bought these on eBay. It was like a set, and at the time it was like forty five bucks for the set. But that was like now they're like crazy like $80 each and shit but yeah these were like a cool like this is a cool ass series man written by uh, Eric Morse and um I was talking to the uh, title of those again the uh, the these were all like released I believe with Jason Goes to Hell but it's Mother's Day is the first one and then Jason's Curse the Carnival and Road Trip yes but the the um the thing about the series, I believe, like, uh, and it's been a while since I've read them, but I remember in the first one, like a hunter comes across the mask and he, something I think tells him to put the mask on and then he becomes cursed to become the killer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of play more with the supernatural side. And it, I think it, it kind of complements part five a lot too, uh, mm-hmm. because it's not Jason, but then once the mask is on, you feel that spirit and it's like them becoming Jason and which kind think, of brings in like the TV show, which I know you're familiar. I have, I, I, I've seen a few episodes, but I, I'm not that familiar with the TV show, show. but did you want yeah, to talk TV about show. that a little bit? Yeah, the TV show is great. Um, so Gabe actually uh, had watched all of it and I only watched uh, the first season and like random episodes of like the second and third, um, you know, growing up and they used to play them on sci-fi like all the time. And so I ended up buying the collection of the Friday the 13th, the series. And uh, it, it's, yeah. So it has one of the characters, uh, the main actor, uh, final boy in um, Jason goes to hell. He's playing a different character in, in the series, but yeah, it's essentially um, them. It's him and his uncle. I think um, there are him and Roby, who is the UK pop star who starred in this, in the show. <laughs> Uh, they, their uncle dies, or I think is how it is. And then they inherit this antique shop with all these cursed objects. But before he died, um, he essentially sold his soul to the devil. And he basically sold all of these cursed objects. And so their idea is to get them back. It doesn't really play as, as far um, as I've, I've been following the storyline. It doesn't play into Camp Crystal Lake at all. But it does have that Friday the 13th, you know, superstitious, urban legend sort of storytelling vibe going for it. It's really good though. I mean, it's, it's one of the, my favorite uh, horror series and, and I just got to rewatching it and now I'm going on to season two. And um, from what I hear um, season three is where 
there's an overarching villain and it, it becomes more of a of a over a very big story for for it but yeah it's good you should definitely revisit it um as a kid we used to watch uh, the scarecrow episode a lot i don't know if you remember it but it was one of the ones that was a little closer to like a slasher movie um and it's it's pretty legit it's my favorite episode of the series but um yeah definitely i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to check that like because i I, I like I said I think I've seen a few episodes, but I haven't checked out uh, a majority of that series. Um, so, at, so before my last question, I kind of wanted to cover a few of, and but be, well before the last topic because I have a surprise last topic for you. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to talk about like some of the unmade Friday the Thirteenth media, and one of the uh, one of the reasons is because of the lawsuit, like between the. Friday the 13th and the Jason, you know, name and all that shit. And the video game just announced that it was ending, unfortunately, because of the lawsuit, I guess. Um, and I won't bore, you know, with the details on that, but I think it's probably to do with the Friday the 13th franchise and the Friday the 13th, like the Jason Voorhees character and stuff. But the CB- CW TV show, like we heard about a couple of years ago, like sounded yep. so cool. And I'm like, man, why can't they make that happen? But it was like, they described it as kind of like a, um, not like a Twin Peaks, but it's like set in Camp Crystal Lake. And it's just like a weird town, kind of like what you're describing with the old 80s uh, TV show. Yeah. But it's like, yep. uh, but I think that would be really dope, man. And then, the, of course, the Friday the 13th set in the snow that we were hearing about for years. Um, I know you said the fan film was uh, is coming out made in the snow, but for years, uh, you remember right after the reboot, we heard that they were trying to make uh, Friday the 13th set in the snow and shit. Yeah. 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 That would have been an interesting. Um, it's interesting seeing him in the snow in the, in the the last web series they just posted for Never Hike in the Snow. It was cool because you don't you don't get to see that. And it's like you only see the summer camp and it's full of kids. You don't get to see a lot of the life of the townies that once the kids leave, like what's happening. And that's why it's kind of cool to see Tommy Jarvis just kind of living life, you know, and now he's a paramedic or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. I think you really dig it. Like it's so good. That sounds like a good TV show to me. Like that would be like, what is the town like and shit? Because obviously the town knows that Jason's out there and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to me. I'm gonna have to check that series out for sure. Um, and then there was the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which came really close to happening. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, uh, they actually released it in comic book form, which was it was pretty awesome. Uh, it would have been like really comedic and shit, obviously with Ash, but I thought it was a pretty dope comic. And then I believe that we heard a lot about like making a Pamela Voorhees uh, prequel as well. Like I remember hearing that um back in like i think it was like 2014 it it was one of it was like we heard a bunch of shit like that they were going found footage that they were going pamela Voorhees story that um i know adam green has talked about how they wanted him to do a found footage version and he was like that sounds like like he said he would do it but, (laughs) but found footage he was like that sounds so stupid like to make a jason found footage movie but he's talked yeah, about that several cool. times, like how they wanted him to do the found footage movie. Would you be down for that? I mean, I would watch it for sure. Uh, okay. I I don't think that you need a found footage though with like Friday Thirteenth. Like, no. I think they were trying to cash in with all the paranormal activity shit, like during that yeah. time. 
Um, I'm down for Pamela though. Pamela's story. I mean, listening to like Sean Cunningham talk about like, uh, you know, making the first movie and how he wanted it to be just a thriller and he didn't envision all of that other, you know, Jason or all that. It it kind of part one really is its own entity. Like it really is a thriller when you watch it. it. I put it like in movies that, you know, sort of predate like misery or like single white female, like that sort of vibe, because that's, what's kind of like um it's kind of like mario and people have said this before but it's kind of like mario baba's uh, bay of blood yeah like, exactly very much influenced like a giallo type yeah. of uh film for sure so my my last um the last topic i kind of wanted to talk about and i didn't tell you about this purposely because i wanted to get like your uh like what initially your your initial reaction to this question but what would you do if they said like Donnie hears, you know, I don't even know how much. I mean, you can make a Jason movie for fucking so cheap, but <laughs> so what would you do with the franchise? Like if they were like, here's go make a movie, like basically. Yeah. What direction would you go? That's awesome. Um, that's a good question. I and you know, I think seeing how you know, as we look at this series, like as a whole, like it's been through all kinds of interesting concepts, you know, with space and with oh yeah, you know, kids and like, you know, pretending to be Jason and all this shit. But I, I think I would honestly, having seen every single fucking 80s slasher movie multiple times over and over, it seems like when slasher movies come out now, it's just, there's something so off about them. And it's like, they don't know the tone or they don't know how to capture that vibe again. So I would really, I would take the series back set to the eighties. And I would do, I think what I would do is sort of like a in between, in betweenquel, if you will, uh, to the first one and the second one. And I would, I would use that kid, Jason, um, and I would sort of grow him up a little bit to like, you know, this teen mutant kid, um, you know, before he gets the, the sack mask or whatever, the sack uses the sack as a head. Um, I would get him uh, crashing um, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a camp, like a camp party for you know, for teens, um, I, I think I would go a little bit uh, more classic with the storytelling. Like it wouldn't be, I wouldn't try to incorporate, you know, any modern day themes or anything like that. I would think I would really try to set it into a Reagan era, 80s, you know, no holds barred, uh, gore and gratuitous way, but not make it like grisly and gross, like a Rob Zombie Friday the 13th. I think I would go. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> I don't think I want to see like the white trash side of things. I want to see like, you know, some everyday, like, you know, kids being at a camp, um, not cheesy, like, you know, Stranger Things or it, like those kids, but like just some normal kids at a camp and, them encountering a kid Jason and maybe even befriending a kid Jason because they feel sorry for him and something happening where something maybe happens to one of his friends or his kids and he just goes ballistic and he, you know, starts killing in revenge and it's ultimately his friends or his kids that these, you know, they have to stop their friend who they've befriended and they don't realize who he is. So I think bringing that sort of relationship to a Jason movie where he's where he's kind of taken it back to that uh, idea of Friday the 13th part four, where you see Tommy 
trying to mimic him as a kid. I think going back to that place where, you know, Jason's a kid and he's really just thinking as a kid, he hasn't had schooling. He hasn't had anything. He's just being a kid who doesn't know any better and meeting kids who maybe want to be his friend. And so I think going that sort of vibe is probably where I would go with it. I, I would like to do that, I think. And then maybe ultimately, um, him just being fed up with it because he's burnt by his friends at the end. And then just saying, you know what, I'm going to put this pillowcase over my head. No one's going to see me and I'm going to go crazy <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's the way I would go. I would, I would have a few beheadings and a couple, you know, oh, yeah. body parts thrown around, but yeah. So you wouldn't be down for a uh, Camp Crystal trailer part by Rob Zombie <laughs> by Rob Zombie. <laughs> No, no, I, I wouldn't go uh, Trump rally in a parking lot for Ooh. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you said Rob Zombie, and that just like, I was like, oh, God. Like Sherry Moon. Yeah. Could you imagine Sherry Moon as Pamela Voorhees? Oh, oh God. No, please stop. <laughs> so uh, I would go like basic. Uh, I like your idea of going back to the 80s, actually. <clears throat> I didn't even think about that. But like you could go like, in my opinion, basic idea. I just put kids at a camp getting hacked by a dude with a hockey mask. Kind of like the re- yeah. like the remake, like take it back to I like the idea of going back to the 80s though or like the early 90s. Like maybe oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. maybe the nostalgia for the 80s is over and the early 90s yeah. is in play. But I think it'd be cool to like set it up. Didn't at, really get a grungy. Right. Like set it at a set it at a rock festival or something like in these campers yeah. or you know, party in between nights or something. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But um, I, I like the idea of like adapting one of these though. Like the, I think the idea, and they kind of did it. Uh, they, well, they didn't really do it in part five. Like, but I think it, I think part five does work like uh, would be a good uh, direction to go. Like, and maybe they could do this for the TV show, but just like, um, like kind of remake the old TV show and the idea of like cursed objects and stuff. And this mask, like the kind of like um, they imply with the new Halloween, like that power of that mask, like where they walk up and hold the mask out. And then like, everybody starts going crazy and shit. Like I liked that. shit. Cool. Like I thought that was dope in the new Halloween. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, Have there's you- something about like there, like in my opinion, at least there's something about that mask that like oh, yeah. gives him the energy or whatever. But there's so many directions that you could go with the series. Like, it's just, it just sucks that they can't, you know, because of the lawsuit or whatever. Like, whatever's going yeah. on. Because this series is so, you know, like I said, like we've been talking about Rich. And people love it so much. Uh, it has its diehard fan base for sure. Um, one of the things that you brought up, and I got to mention, but there's a, a bunch of uh, people online that still to this day, like make masks and stuff. Like I know Pizzowell, uh, Pizzowell on YouTube, he's like a big, you know, slasher fan and stuff, but he still like creates like a lot of his shit's really cool. Like, and he creates like part four masks and part three masks, but yeah. That's so awesome. that's kind of, uh, other than we're going to get like a book recommendation and stuff like, uh, our, Hold on. So we, so my book recommendation, this is going to be really easy, is going to be um, to find one of these, uh, Friday the 13th, Mother's Day. And this is kind of what we've been talking about, but like the idea of the cursed objects and it's just kind of like a young adult teen slasher. But um, these are really cool, man. 
like uh just looking back through these super super dope yeah they were cool i remember them coming out and uh and having them and i think i remember you as a kid like looking at them and looking through them and i don't think you um had quite uh you know when when they came out i don't think you were quite there with reading friday the 13th i think you were just curious you were like wow that's a cool cover what's going on there and i could tell that you were interested like your interest was piqued Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Uh, and a lot of these like i still like love this art like these uh like i've always loved the road trip art of the the kids and there's like a dude in the background like with the kind of machete Oh yeah, it just yep. looks so dope. But yeah, like I, I forgot about that we mentioned the the novels, so no book re- recommendation stuff. But is there anything else that you wanted to hit as far as the series? Yeah, I mean we've covered so much, and then there's still so much not to you know that we haven't said. But um, I think that you know, like you said, I'm excited that hopefully one day we'll get another Friday the Thirteenth entry, whether it's. I mean, even at this point, it's like oh, found footage. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> like, if it's oh, that's sure. what, if that's what it's going to take, then okay. But um, I think um, for now, I'll settle on the fan films just because it's one of the things that's good that's coming out and that's new, and it's like it's kind of exciting to wait. Now, you know, fans are going to have to wait another uh, few months to get the next entry. And after I watched that newest one, I ended up buying the Blu-ray for it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to own that because that one's cool too. Like it's. It's a it's a throwback sort of vibe to the Jason that you hadn't seen in, in a lot of the movies. I mean, this is the vibe that you haven't seen since probably part eight. And that's why it's like, oh, this is if if they ever come out of their legal issues and they have a director like they should totally just get this guy on board because he's you can I mean, he plays Jason in the movies, too. So he's a super fan. You can tell. Um but yeah, I mean, I think we've covered a lot. Like there's oh, yeah. there's so much of the Jason verse that I really enjoyed this episode. And I think it would be cool, um, you know, on down the road to maybe tackle like a Hellraiser or a Chucky um, or even a Freddy. Because I know Freddy's one that you don't usually go to, but mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's one of my favorites of the, of the slasher villains. And um, mm-hmm. I think I just have one question for you. Um, aside from the Friday the 13th movies, what is your favorite slasher movie from the golden age? So between 1980, uh, maybe 84, 85, um, can you think, can you think of any, um, off the top of your head or even just anything from the eighties, really any slashers from the eighties, not talking Jason, but what would you just say is your go-to? I would say, uh, so one of the things that we, revisited the other night was the kind of reboot remake to my bloody valentine but i think the original my bloody valentine for me always is one of the top ones at my list i think that's always like within grasp like if i'm ever thinking about like um and that's one of the things like i that's definitely in the plans coming up in february like uh, because katie's never seen it like um I i don't Rose, I know, really loves that series as well. The Harry Warden and mythology and stuff. But it's like, why didn't we ever get a sequel to that, dude? He looks so yeah. fucking cool. And that remake ain't bad either. Like that remake, we watched, we just watched it the other day. And it was good. Pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Like yeah. the gore's uh, good in it too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Warden is fucking badass. Uh, just that look and that little town, like that minor 
that little miners town and like uh it's very very political and very like it's kind of like um like what you mentioned earlier with the locals and camp crystal lake like that's kind of like uh like they all know that legend of harry warden and shit and they're all just like kind of hush mouth about it like quiet but yeah exactly I would say my bloody Valentine and the fun house. Like, you know, I love uh Toby Hooper's fun house for me too. Oh yeah. That's one of the things that, uh, and I know we've mentioned it before, but me, you and Kevin, uh, Kevin Colehafer on uh, Facebook, we connected to him early on when we first started brothers Grimm, the uh, Facebook page, we connected to him early on based of our love from a fun house. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Toby I mean- Hooper's fun house. That's his like, I like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite, but Fun House is like right behind it, dude. I I've always loved that movie, but yeah, those, oh, those would be my two probably. Yeah, I mean they're easily like yeah, I mean definitely uh, my bloody Valentine and one one that um, probably don't get too much love, but Curtains is one that oh, yeah. um, would be cool to cover one day just because it's low key. It's got an odd story and the mask and all that is pretty killer and the setting of course, in the snow. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought that'd be cool just because I was on this whole kick yeah. of looking at the golden age of slashers after reading about, you know, Friday 13th one through four. And I was like, wow, there's, there really is hundreds and hundreds of these movies out there that really became famous because of Friday the 13th. And it's cool to see that movement and even post 84 to see, um, you know, Freddie coming out and then seeing all this like diverting into more supernatural slasher paths. And just the whole decade of the eighties is my favorite of horror movies. And uh, I know, it, I know you love it too, but um, yeah. Maybe in I, the, maybe our uh, next episode or our upcoming, like maybe in the next one or two, we can do a, like a slasher breakdown. I think that'd be oh. like really fun. That would be awesome. I'm always down for that. Maybe, you know, that's my maybe even keep it in the eighties. Like maybe do like an eighties slasher uh, yeah. list or something. And then we'll do nineties and then maybe two thousands or something. I think that'd be kind of cool. But slasher movies are my favorite type of movie. Like, Oh yeah. Well, I, I love, I love when I mention movies to you, especially because I mean, I I've seen so much of these that sometimes I forget that people haven't watched like movies like, you know, humongous, for example, like no no one, no one knows about the movie other than us, you know, like horror fans. And so, and slasher fans and, and so, or like, he knows you're alone or like motel hell, like those kind of movies. And so when I see that you hadn't seen something or like when we were talking about, um, you know, a cut coming up that we're going to do, uh, for December, uh, Mm. for, uh, that, horrifying episode i was like excited because i was like yes travis is going to experience this movie because it's a pretty good movie next of kin it's a mm-hmm. it's an awesome uh, 80s sort of slasher psychological horror movie that um i think you're really going to dig it and that release from severin is awesome as well so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm excited but yeah i, I want to thank all the listeners for joining us uh on this edition of brothers grim and stuff like like i said a lot more episodes coming up um we got to do a slasher uh, we'll, 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 uh, detail that in the future, but, uh, this was a cool, like retrospective. And, uh, I know listeners feel the same way that we do about the series, but, um, I, I hope they enjoy it. And, you know, like tell us in the comments, like, I know, uh, one of the guys you were talking about Chuck Moore, like I, I want to have him on the pod or, you know, yeah. something. And, uh, hopefully he'll comment on this post, like when we post this, but, uh, tell me what your favorite, you know, Friday the 13th movies are. And, or if you haven't, 
you know, experience Friday the 13th or whatever. Like now's the perfect time with the set. But uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for joining us. And you can find us at Horrifying MF on Twitter and Horrifying My Friends on Instagram and Facebook. But um, Bub, thank you for joining us. Uh, Brothers United over the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Pandemics will fun. not stop our horror. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's always, it's always fun to uh, look away from the horrors of real life and go, go to Camp Crystal Lake where, you know, there's a machete wielding maniac and times are simpler. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one counting votes in Camp Crystal Lake and his name's Jason Voorhees. Yeah. But um, (laughs) yeah, thank you for uh, joining us and that'll be all. Thank you. friends.